We're back with the Carl Miller Show, and we are joined in studio today by special guest, New York Times bestselling author Michael Lennington, who co-wrote the book, The 12-Week Year. And Michael, I hear you, you've got another book in the works right now as well. Yeah, we do. We have a book on accountability, um, and we're, we're writing a book. It's sort of a different perspective on what accountability is and how people can engage with it. Um, and I'm pretty excited. We're, we should we should be hitting the book stand sometime in December this year. If listeners want to learn more about you and your work, where can they go to find you, Michael? Well, there's two places. The easiest one to find is going to be www.tobacure.com. Um, okay. That's our main site. Um, if they want to access me directly, they can just email me at michael at 12weekyear.com. Wonderful. Michael at 12weekyear.com. And Michael has another podcast, too, that comes out every week, along with a good friend of mine, Mike Gandolfo, and his wife, Kristen. It's called Aligned Life Pro. Aligned Life Pro. Great podcast. So download that anywhere you listen to podcasts. So, Michael, on the second half here, I just really appreciate you coming on here. I just learned so much from you. So let's say that a listener has a personal goal or a business goal or a career goal or just any goal, period, and, and they want to make progress on it. Where do they start? How do you get started? How do you implement 12-week year and just that principle? Talk to us a little bit about that. that. That's a really good question. And, you know, the answer to that question, everybody already knows the answer. Um, in fact, when we train our stuff, you know, people, people understand what we're talking about. There's not a new magic bullet kind of thing. And so we'll talk a little bit about the, how you particularly structure that in the context of a 12-week year. But just to get started, the, 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 I'm going to give you guys a, a down and dirty, just quick couple of steps, a couple, three, four steps to, to take if you're interested in applying it. But uh, and I'm not going to talk about the first discipline of the 12-week year very much, but I just want to mention it right now because everything in our view starts with vision, with a powerful why, mm. because there's, there's things that get in the way of us accomplishing um, things in our lives and, and it's called work and work is typically uncomfortable. Um, we often have to work through uncertainties and barriers and, and things that happen in our way. And, and that's uncomfortable. And we are wired to be comfortable. We, we seek comfort. We desire comfort. And so since work is uncomfortable and we desire comfort, there's a problem with that. And one of the things that we strongly recommend um, is that you build out a vision that's, that you have an emotional connection to, that you're excited about, that means something to you, and one that you're willing to work for, because that then provides the, the fuel for the rest of the system, if you will. Mm -hmm. But if you're interested, if you've got a goal you want right now, there's something you want to make happen in your business or your personal life. Um, what you want to do is you want to describe that goal as an outcome that's going to happen in 12 weeks. So you don't have to start a 12-week year in the quarter. In fact, a lot of our clients don't. Mm -hmm. um, you can start right away. Next week could be week one for you. But 12 weeks from next week, what is the outcome you're looking for? So maybe if you want to be in better health, you might have a weight loss goal. That's a pretty obvious one. Mm -hmm. Maybe you want to drive a certain level of revenue in your business or your, your, uh, in your practices. Um, maybe you want to learn something new and be, get together a new skill. Wh whatever that is, be very specific and measurable about it, though. Make sure that you've got, a, you've, got a, you've got it measurable. So don't say something like generate a lot of referrals. Say, I want to generate a minimum of 20 um, warm leads by the end of the 12 weeks, right? Mm -hmm. So I, I know that if I did that or not, if you just have an idea, yep. you're not going to be able to measure it. So measurable goals. Great. Um, one that also you're excited about. If you hit it, you're going to be excited. You're going to celebrate it. You're going to feel like you accomplished something. So an emotional connection to the goal. The next thing you're going to do, once you've got the goal, yeah. I recommend, by the way, you share it with somebody. Okay. Share it with somebody because when you share it, you get ownership. And then the next thing you want to do, though, goal is 
you've got about a 50-50 chance of hitting the goal just with the goal that, that's clear and and um, and well written. But you want to you want to increase the odds beyond that. So we're going to write some tactics for that that goal that represent the things that you have to do each week for the next 12 weeks. Okay. And you want to write a tactic. Uh, just is real simple. It's an action you're going to take that that, in, that you can execute in the week that you that it comes due um, without any real pre work. And so a good tactic starts with an action verb, right? So ask for referrals in every closing meeting. And ask is an action verb, mm-hmm. right? So I know that's a complete sentence. I can execute that sentence in the week that it's due, the way it's written. Um, if I have a tactic, say say conduct a webinar, right? Well, that tactic is going to require a lot of pre-work. I can execute it in a day if I've invited people, if I've got the food set up, and I've done the RSVP stuff, I know who's coming. Yep. I've practiced in terms of, of what I'm going to do when they come in, what the presentation is going to be, and what I'm going to do afterwards. So that all of those are tactics, right? So you want to make those tactics granular, as, as granular as possible, so that you know what the actions you need to take each week for the next 12 weeks to get to the goal. In a sense, it's your it's your GPS map, right? Between where you are and where you mm-hmm. want to be. Mm-hmm. This is the turn-by-turn set of instructions that you're going to need to get to your goal. Um, if you don't know exactly how to do it, reach out to people who have some ideas about that and take their take their ideas. But anyway, so so you set a goal, build out a tactical plan, um, and then the next thing you're going to do, and this is that's that's all thinking. Yes. That's easy. Mm-hmm. The next thing you're going to do is you're going to get to work, and you're going to you're going to create a weekly plan. And so if you've got a manual plan or a handwritten plan, you're going to take a sheet of paper out and you're going to write week one for the first week. And then you're going to write down the tactics that are in your plan on that sheet of paper. Yeah. Now, I know this is old school, yeah. but you carry the sheet of paper with you and it's a physical change in your environment. It's a tangible thing that you can look at it. It's going to remind you that, hey, I got some stuff I got to get done this week. Because all of us have more work to do than we have time to get it done. That's a fact of life for most of us. I say all of us. Some of us might not, but most of us do. And they're not all those things are equal in value, though. So yeah. if you, this goal is really important, the most important things you've got to get done this 12 weeks are those tactics on that sheet of paper. Got it. So you use that to remind yourself not to get diffused, to get distracted, get pulled away. Mm-hmm. Okay. So first step, create the, create the plan with the goal and the tactics. Second step is to get the discipline of working for a weekly plan starting Monday morning, week one. Yeah. If you forget and it's Wednesday, do it on Wednesday. Right. Just do the plan. Right. And then as you execute, mark it off. Recognize progress. Celebrate each tactic. Right. Because yeah. you don't want to. You don't want this all to be work. You want to recognize, hey, I am doing something new and different. And if you pay attention to that, it's what we call greatness in the moment. It's a great feeling. Yep. And and it's weird, but when we start taking action on those things that are really most important to us, it's almost like we're already at the goal. We start to feel like, you know, we, we can make it happen. Can, can I ask you, you a if question? If you have a bad week. Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, sorry. So, no, no. I'm so, through my training. And you, you, yeah, I could. Yeah, so, 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 no, about the execution there, because you talk about, you know, valuing the day. You kind of have your plan. Yeah. You, you, you get it. And let's, yeah. say, let's say you get it done. Well, how do you, how do you score that? How do you, you know, you talked about, Recognize the fact when you accomplish it. Is there, do you, are you tangibly marking marking things off, or what? What's some of the yeah. common themes there? Okay, go ahead. Yeah, the best weekly plan's got a coffee cup stain on it, scribbles, some phone numbers, <laughs> and, but it's got those tactics that you're yeah. marking them off, right? Right. And um, yep. And it, and it becomes a paper conscience. Sure. So just every day, you know, it's an opportunity. You can look and say, okay, I had four tactics due today. I got them all done. I didn't get them all done. Right. Um, do I go home this afternoon or do I, do I, you know, or do I just get them done tomorrow? How am I going to, so you're paying attention, right? You're, yeah. you're using this as your roadmap, right? You know, it, if you, if you use Waze or some other map, you're not setting up your destination and putting it in the glove box and not paying attention. You're, you're making those turn by turns. And that in a sense is what you want to do with the plan. Keep it in front of you, keep it with you, use it to guide you when you have some free time. 
We're speaking with Michael Lennington, co-author of The 12-Week Year. You can follow Michael and check out his website at the12weekyear.com. Michael, I got another question for you. Just kind of you 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 shared early in this segment about sharing it with somebody. What talk about that power of another relationship involved in your goals? Yeah, that, so I like to have an accountability partner, um, mm-hmm. not somebody that can hold me accountable, but somebody that that can help me take more accountability. Right. And it's weird. We tend to take more ownership of what we say we want when somebody else is paying attention. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why, but it's almost like we care more about what other people think about us than we care about whether or not we hit our goal or not. Because we'll give ourselves huge passes. I would have done that, except oh you know, yeah, this happened, yeah. Right? yeah, yeah. It's like going running in the buddy. morning or having an exercise buddy. You, yeah. you know, you know him or yeah. he, he or she's going to be waiting for you at six o'clock. So you don't want to let exactly. You got to show. Yeah, it's got to show. show. And and they don't know your intentions. They don't know you wanted to get out of bed, you know, but the alarm to get off. They don't know anything about what your intentions were. They just know what right. you did or didn't do. <laughs> and so by having that accountability partner, that power really increases the odds you're going to get the tactics done. But here's the other thing. Right. If you're part of a peer-to-peer meeting like that once a week, um, you're about eight times more likely to still be executing from a written plan 12 months from now or more than if you're not, because yeah. about 10% of people really change over the long term, And, um, unless they've got that kind of an accountability group to support them. Well, that that's, that's an amazing statistic. And I appreciate you sharing. I know for myself, you know, if I fill out, I've got, I know I've got a coaching call coming up and I got to show my calendar. Guess what? That calendar is filled out. So it makes a big difference. Exactly. Exactly. Michael, I have a feeling we could talk for just hours here. And you've shared so <laughs> much good. content in these last, you know, 25 minutes. And I, I hate that our time is limited. I got one more just, this is a get to know Michael question. And we have just a few seconds. But if you are just scrolling through the channels, you're driving down the road, you're scrolling through the channels, Michael, this is a get to know Michael for fun. Your favorite song comes on. The teenagers, when you had teenagers, would have rolled their eyes. What song is it, Michael? What's the song that just gets you going every time? It's funny, but they sing along with me. There's two of them. Steve Miller, Take the Money and Run. There you go. And Marshall Tucker, <laughs> Can't You See. <laughs> Got some good old Southern rock theme going on there, Michael. That's on my playlist, too. That's good stuff. We we you know we should get together and uh, enjoy that together sometime here on the back Absolutely. deck. Very good, well, Michael. I cannot thank you enough for your time. Michael Lennington author of the 12-week year. Appreciate you so much coming on with the show with us today. Thank you, Carl. It's been a great. Nicole and Lindsay, thank you for your help. Thank you, Michael. Thank Taking you. notes. <laughs> All right. Take care, Michael. And now, the bizarre real estate fact of the week. I'm so excited about this one because I love the show Friends. Mm. I watch it literally every day. So, the famous purple apartment in Friends is worth far more than the $200 a month payment that Monica and Rachel had for their, you know, rent. Um, the latest figures pin the cost of a two-bedroom, one-bathroom apart- apartment in New York's West Village at well over $2 million. Oh Slightly more than $200 a month in That's a payment. That's a little bit more. Slightly. Yeah. <laughs> Good times. <laughs> the housing affordability index is real. <laughs> well, if you have real estate questions you want answered on the air, send your questions to radio at carlmillerteam.com or to any of our social media platforms. For past episodes, feel free to check out the Carl Miller Show podcast on your favorite platform. Want to say thank you again to our sponsor this month, David Nellis with Nellis Insurance. Protecting what you value most, visit nellisinsurance.com for fantastic asset protection solutions and advice catered to your needs, that's Nellis, N-E-L-L-E-S, insurance.com. 
thank you for tuning in. We are your local, caring, competent, and trusted advisors for all things real estate. And this week, of course, how to be more productive. Michael, are you still with us? Thank you again for joining us today. I guess he's gone. But I want to say, as we wrap up here, have a great weekend, everyone. And we'll see you next Saturday. This is the Carl Miller Show, where we talk about all things real estate, financial investments, and getting into a home you love. With over 15 years of experience, this is your host, Carl Miller. Good morning. You're listening to the Carl Miller Show. I am your host, Carl Miller, principal broker of Carl Miller Realty, LLC. Today's topic, how to accomplish more in less time with special guest, New York Times bestselling author, of the 12-week year, Michael Lennington. Special thanks to our sponsor this month, Dave Nellis of Nellis Insurance Solutions. Before you pay that next insurance bill, contact Nellis Insurance Solutions. Get great rates and award-winning customer service for all your auto, home, business, and life insurance needs. Nellis Insurance is located on Duncraig Drive in Windhurst. For solutions that protect what you value most, contact Nellis Insurance today, nellisinsurance.com or contact him on phone at 832-0332. Again, 832-0332. It's time for a new featured listing from Carl Miller Realty. Back on the market this week, a two-story side-by-side duplex located on Ruffner Street in Lynchburg, 24503 zip code off of Rivermont Avenue, features two three-bedroom, one-and-a-half-bath units. In fact, the one side has four bedrooms. The exterior features include newer vinyl siding, Upgraded heat pumps, newer windows. Both units have long-term tenants on a month-to-month lease, and they would prefer to stay. With a new price of $234.9, this is a good investment opportunity. For more information, contact us at carlmillerrealty.com. That's Carl with a K, carlmillerrealty.com. So I'm joined in studio today with Lindsay Morell, our marketing director for Carl Miller Realty, and realtor Nicole Parent. Welcome, Lindsay and Nicole. Hey. Good morning. <laughs> Today's topic is how to get more done in a shorter period of time. And it is just my honor to introduce a New York Times bestselling author, Michael Lennington, to listeners today. Welcome, Michael. Well, thank you, Carl. Glad to be here. I'm excited. Looking forward to the conversation. Michael, this is a real estate show, but today we're going to deviate just a bit from the topic of local real estate because you and your wife, Kristen, have just been very influential in my life. And one of the key core principles of this show is to add value to listeners, to give perspective, and just sort of try to be a, um, a voice that betters the community and just adds value. And you've added tremendous value to me, Michael, over the years, and I wanted to introduce my listeners to you today. I appreciate that. And you're one of our favorite people too, Carl. Chris and I both really appreciate the relationship we have with you. So that's why I'm I'm really glad to be here with you. I, I first heard about you. I was introduced to you through your book in 2017 when I read it after it being referred to me probably, oh man, it's at least three different business owners. I met you in person for the first time in Orlando, Florida in January of 2018 when you and your co- co-author, Michael uh, Brian Moran, hosted a 12-week year conference. Did you remember that event down in Orlando in 2018, January? I remember that event. I don't remember much other than just running around behind the stage or being up on the stage. Um, but I do know that Kristen remembers you because we, we had a conversation about that. I do I do remember the event. I, I don't remember meeting you, but... but um, 
Kristen sure does. Well, I, I got to thank a mutual friend, Brian Bowles, who's a broker, a real estate broker in Colorado Springs, Colorado. He called me and just literally said, almost prophetically, Carl, I'm going and you need to go. You need this. And I thought about it for like <laughs> one minute. And I said, okay, you're right. I do. So I went kind of as a last minute deal. And Brian and I met up and, you know, we, we roomed together, met up with a number of other mutual real estate professionals. And at the end of that event, I just remember coming out of Orlando, just having a crystal clear focus and a plan for the next 12 weeks for my business. And if you care to know, I had the most sales that quarter year to date of my career. And the second quarter of 2018 was even better. And so kind of through that, I introduced my my real estate sales team to you and Nicole, who's with us today in studio. She was there. We read your book mm-hmm. together and and just dug deeper into the principles, the concepts of that book. And then after that, I, um, you and I, we met at a smaller group in the fall of 2019. Yeah. And I hired your wife, Kristen, on as a coach. And then last year, you graced our office with your presence and just a day of training and a celebration for our office staff as we launched Carl Miller Realty over on Timberlake Road. And you you and your wife, Kristen, came to Lynchburg and just spent the day with us. And man, what a a great opportunity. And anyway, so thank you for all the value you've added to my life first. And I also want to thank you for sharing your knowledge and perspective to the world through your book and through your podcast, which is Aligned Life Pro. Glad to do it. Great. All right. Well, hey, we're limited on our time today, so enough about me. We want to make this about you. You can fill us in today. Just fill us in today a little bit on who you are and what you got into the space of efficiency and time. I don't know. I hate to use the word time management, but just time efficiency. Where did the concept of the 12-week year originate? Bring us up to speed a little bit. I'll try to take less than a 12-week year to explain it. (laughs) My my business partner, Brian, and I... um, we're working primarily in financial services, and we were working with our clients, both at the agent level, team level, and actual firm level, uh, to help them get more done, to make them improve their sales, improve their recruiting, um, improve their retention of their people. And so we were working on, uh, in financial services, working on helping them do those things. And at first we thought, hey, we need to take some, some good ideas and help them implement those good ideas, but they already had plenty of good ideas. Mm-hmm. What, they, what they struggled with was getting those ideas actually put in place in their business, right? To make them work for them so that they weren't just an idea on a shelf, but it was actually producing something in the, in the company. So we decided to focus on that because there's a, a lot of folks offering great ideas. Um, but at that time, and even now today, not very many companies were focused on helping people to execute better. Mm. And ultimately, when we were working with our clients, we, we were working shoulder to shoulder. The stuff that worked, we kept. The stuff that didn't work, we kind of threw out. And one of the things we noticed really early on was that our clients would do what we wanted them to do and be, be focused and energetic at the end of the year, mm-hmm. but they were less focused earlier in the year. So the first quarter, second quarter, if they were missing their numbers, weren't happy, but they were seeing things like, well, we'll wake it up next quarter. Mm-hmm. And um, But sometimes something happened magical at the end of the year, the fourth quarter, and we saw people start to get more focused, act with greater urgency, making the phone calls they weren't making earlier in the year, confronting the breakdowns they weren't confronting earlier in the year. And very often they'd get 35, 40 or more percent of their results in the last quarter of the year. And we thought that was interesting. Um, and we realized it was because people either succeed or fail at that time of year, right? I mean, if, if I hit my numbers, I get bonus, I get recognized. Um, you know, there's a, there's a certain amount of recognition that comes in and I may go on a trip with my firm or whatever, but there, there's a lot of, a lot of recognition of performance on an annual basis. And so at the end of the year, people were acting with greater urgency because they realized Unlike earlier in the year, there wasn't a lot of time to get things done, right? In the first quarter, there's lots of time. Imagine that you can get everything done. But in the fourth quarter, that illusion is gone. And so people would pick it up, their actions would go up, and their results would go up. And so we said, hey, there's something here. So we created this concept of the 12-week year. We shortened the execution cycle to be about the length of a, of a you know, fourth quarter. 
Um, and then we, we really focus on helping people shift their thinking away from thinking annually, which is a really unproductive way to think about time yeah. because we think we have a lot of it and we really don't, um, to a 12-week goal where your, your outcomes were success or failure in 12 weeks. And, and that really seemed to take off for people. And that was the beginning of, of the whole, whole deal. That, that's fascinating. So, so people have the idea. They, they struggle with the execution. And I kind of heard you say sometimes we have a plan and we start well. And, and obviously we finish well, as you see in the results of fourth quarter production for most companies, yep. but it's that it's that second and third and third and a half quarter. Is that kind of what I'm hearing you say, just that that's the challenge for most for most people? Yeah, for, it, it really depends on, on um, you know the, the, the company and the industry. What would happen a lot with financial services, they'd empty out their buckets. By the end of December, they, they push everything they could push to close to close, mm-hmm. and they were tired. And then January 1, they... Oh, take a deep breath, and there was nothing in the pipeline, and it took them, you know, another 10, 15, maybe yeah. 20, 30 days to get the pipeline filled back up again. So, right. yeah, they, they would have that kind of a lull, but generally, at the beginning of the year is a lot of fun. People are excited, you know, it's a new restart. Yeah. If you didn't hit your numbers, you dust yourself off, that kind of stuff. So it was fun, but it but they, they didn't have a lot to work with. The other industries, though, that didn't have that, that inventory problem, um, they did. They did. You're right. They would have a pretty big burst of activity the first couple of weeks, but by mid-February, they were kind of off their plans. You, you, you talk. Or speaking with Michael Lennington, co-author of the New York Times best-selling book, The Twelve Week Year. You, you talk about how people say, oh, "I'll just make it up," but you, you talk, you share in in your in your writings about how there's just really no making it up. There's you, you can't make up something that you wasted. And talk, talk, expand on that a little bit for us. Yeah, that, so that belief that I'm successful or I fail at the end of the 12 months based upon my year's worth of results, right? That belief mm. is unproductive in several ways. One of the ways is that if I'm executing in the first quarter, but I'm not not doing the things that I need to be doing, um, I'm not seeing the results that I would expect and, and really be capable of accomplishing in the first quarter, that mindset that's annualized is thinking, okay, well, I can make it up next quarter or right. next quarter after that. And, and that, that belief is really super unproductive, but it's also wrong um, mm-hmm. because your capacity that you have that first quarter is gone forever. You never get that capacity back. It's just gone. Um, the opportunities, you know, if you wait 12 weeks to contact an opportunity, they're probably going to be working with somebody else at that point. So all the opportunity you had is, is likely gone as well. So you can have a great next quarter. I'm not denying you can't get back on your annual right. pace. You can do that. People do it all the time. Right. But the stress that you go through and what you're missing is that you could have done that in the first quarter too mm-hmm. and had two great quarters instead of just one. Mm-hmm. One of the just fundamentals of the book, The 12-Week Year, just, just you, you talk about just a barrier, and, and it's basically that whole barrier of thinking annually uh, for listeners who may not have heard of the twelve week year or familiar with it, talk to us just a little bit about thinking about time and just why uh, the concept of periodization works. It's a concept you teach in the book, and you know maybe introduce that to to our listeners today. Yeah, so so time is is um, a resource that we don't understand very well. I think in general, intuitively, we don't understand it. Well. Mm-hmm. Intellectually, we could probably tell you, tell you all that you need to know, but intuitively we respond to it in a weird sort of way. Um, if there's a long enough time between where I am and where I have to be, and I have goals that are, are lined up with that long-term you know, endpoint at the end of the year, um, I have a natural tendency to, to think that there's a lot of time to get things done. And so I don't act with urgency. And so when I think about time that way, I'm really missing the point that time is a finite resource. It passes at the same rate for everybody else as it does for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't save it. 
I mean, I can't bank it up and then go use it when I need it. It passes. It's gone. Um, I can't really do much with it other than, than use it or allocate it to the things that are most important. And so the more that I'm good at allocating my time in the moment to the important things, the more successful I'm going to be. So every day is an opportunity to either execute at a high level or not. And when we think about time in this annualized mind frame or mindset, yeah. we, don't, we don't value the day as much. And so because of that, we don't take advantage of the opportunities in front of us in our own capacity. Wow. That's, that's really big. Every day is an opportunity. Yep. So how, Every passing moment, right? True. So, so how, do you, how do you train people to think of it in that way? Like, uh, you know, because you, you, obviously you've, you've coached and you've trained and spoken to many people, some successful with implementing your systems and some probably not so successful. What, what are the common threads that you see with people that really execute this well? Is it just that constant mentality, every day is opportunity? You have a concept in the book that you talk about where every day is a week and every week is a year as well. Introduce that, but what are some right. of the common threads? I'd love to just expound on that, about that, com- that, that comment you just make. Every day is an opportunity. Yeah, so, so one of the barriers in, for, for folks when, they, when they're kind of engaging with the system is that um, you have, you, the first thing that, that you have to shift is your thinking. Mm. So our thinking, our beliefs, cause us to behave the way we behave, and the way we behave creates our results in life. So the way that we think about time and the way that we think about anything really causes us to behave the way that we behave. And so um, one of the things we really want to do is, is help people shift their thinking around the time frame within which they judge their success and their failure. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure you're probably familiar with New York Life, the financial services firm. Oh, yes. Insurance. Yep. Uh, but yeah. So they, they have a council year that ends at the end of June. And when would you guess their peak performance levels happen? Um, probably about May and June. May and June, exactly <laughs> right, right. They have a peak in activity that a lot of our other clients don't have because that's when their fiscal year ends. Yeah. That's when they close the books. That's when they reward and promote and, and all that stuff. And um, you know that, that kind of a mindset creates a performance there that, that's really interesting. But then they also get the, the, the end of year bump because everybody has sort of this end of year mindset too. So they get two bumps a year. And that's, that's one of the things that, that I, I think people have to buy into that, that don't engage with the 12 week year is that really the way I think about time affects how I behave. And those folks that understand that the way I think about time is not productive if I think I've got a lot of it because you're wrong. Yeah. Um, because we, we don't actually even know how much time we're going to have, right? Hopefully we have a lot, but, but we don't know from the moment. And, and every moment is, is like we were talking about before is a chance to, to get your goals um, or make progress towards your goals. So that mindset around the 12 week year of being your success and failure time frame, that if I hit my goals, I'm going to celebrate it because mm. that's success that, mm-hmm. that I, that I don't know what's going to happen in week 14 of this year, but week 12, which is the end of my year, I know that this is what I'm going to do if I hit my numbers. And if I miss them, I'm not going to celebrate. I'm going to confront the breakdown and figure out what, what didn't work and then adjust them for the next 12 weeks. So, so the 12 week year, that thought that that's my success failure cycle, that's one of the most important things that people, when they get that, yeah, pretty much everything else follows. If they don't buy into that, mm-hmm. if they think it's just quarterly planning, rebranded, they typically don't get the same value because they're just not acting with that kind of urgency. Sure, sure. That's just really, really good stuff. So the way I think about time basically can either make us super productive or can cause us to be very unproductive. Is, is yeah, 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 yeah. There's probably 10, 20% of the population that is, is pretty productive um, executing against their, their competencies and capabilities at okay. any given point. And you know, when you hire 100 people, 10 of them are going to take off, right? The, okay. other, the other 90 
you got to do some work with. And, and that 10%, they're probably not wasting much time. But the vast majority of us, including Brian and I, before we get this stuff figured out, we're, we're, we're planning and executing annual cycles, and we mm. had the same issues in our business, too. Right, right. Wow. Every day is an opportunity. The way I think about time makes us more productive or can make us unproductive. Michael, we're going to take a little break, but when we come back, I'd love for you to just kind of talk about just some ways to get started as you set a goal and then what the results of doing that will, will, will manifest in your life. So when we come back, we'll continue this conversation with Michael Lennington, New York Times bestselling author, The 12-Week Year. 